0: All right, we've got tons of Thanksgiving football action to break down. Packers, 49ers, Cowboys victorious Thursday. And we're making picks for a bunch of Week 12 games as well. Maybe a South Division potentially decided in Week 12. All that and more coming up right now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Big ups to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, Thursday. Uh, (laughs) I'm back. I'm having a road game here. I'm back home (laughs) in-laws in in California and having a good old time. Multiple plates of food yesterday. About to have a whole bunch of leftovers today on this Friday morning uh, after the podcast. And um, I – it's a message to the Detroit Lions that I appreciate because, you know, my childhood and, you know, coming back home, all this nostalgic feelings and then seeing the Lions lose on Thursday just made me feel like, OK, yeah, I'm back home. This, Everything's is, what, right used, in the world. this is what it used to be like. Right. Yeah. The Lions are bad and uh, I'm home with family and eating way too much food. So I love it. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. Hope they all had a are, are having a good weekend, including you, Matt. Uh, yes. You, get enough you- plates of food.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And along those lines, I had you know pumpkin pie for breakfast. As soon as we're done, as soon as we hang up here, I'm going to eat a bunch of stuffing and leftovers right before the Black Friday game. How crazy is that? Yeah. So I've been doing this a very long time, and I am thankful for that. I mean, without question. But there's an old way of looking at the league that it really starts to, take shape at Thanksgiving and there's a lot more football ahead. I mean, I I think of a team like the bills, like they have a brutal schedule, but maybe from Thanksgiving on, they put it all together and they just steamroll the league and win the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? And I thought Detroit could be that type of team and uh, green Bay starting to put things together. And last little note here, I found it interesting that yesterday, Thanksgiving day, the Packers go to five and six the Seahawks go to six and five, and Seattle's got an awful next three games here. On and they're on a two-game losing streak. Could the NFC Wild Card picture be changing drastically here before our eyes?
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing because um, and really you can't expect it to be too much different for a first-year starting quarterback. Although Love's been in the league for a while now, and mm-hmm. uh, it's been such an up and down season for Love. And uh, you know, and the first topic I have here is that love is trending up. And it's been a couple of weeks now that he's been playing some really good football. He started out playing some pretty good football with young receivers. And you're thinking, Oh man, maybe this is a, this is going to be good for the Packers, you know, fresh blood on offense, total new look. And then they hit a, a real downslope and a pretty hard downslope for a few weeks there. Uh, And and now they're back on the upturn. So you got to be excited about what you're seeing here from the Packers and, and specifically their quarterback and Jordan love the last few weeks and short week on the road, hostile environment, to yeah. the Detroit Lions, who are leading the division, and the Packers say five and six, not so fast. And nobody's mathematically eliminated yet. I don't think Matt Maybe the Panthers are, but like, there's a lot that can still happen. To your point there, about things get real serious here, starting at about Thanksgiving.
1: Absolutely. Now you get a nice long break. You know, you're you're trending the right direction. You're building confidence on a young team. And I'm gonna talk about the Lions a little, but really, I said this on Friday. The Lions' defense has slipped dramatically lately, too. That seems like an underreported story. Um, and that showed up in this game, but Christian Watson, Jalen Reed, I mean, these are talented players that are starting to kind of click with the league and their quarterback and green Bay came to Pittsburgh two or three weeks ago. And I previewed them to, you know, scouted advanced scouted them like crazy. And I'm like, man loves worse than I thought, you know, he's just not accurate enough. It's Aaron Jones. And then a bunch of questions. That is just totally spun around starting with that Steeler game. He was really good in that game. So that's like three in a row that he's putting the ball on the money and playing well.
0: And even when he did it, he kind of came up short to a big play with with Christian Mm -hmm. Watson. But Watson went up and got the football and helped his quarterback out. And you're going to need some help from your receivers. He's not always going to be perfect, but uh, it's a good point about the Lions defense. You know, The, the Packers come to town, put up 20 in the first quarter. And, and now you're just in catch-up mode the rest of the game. And they weren't catching up. And we have to start talking about Jared Goff's turnovers. It was the interceptions last week, the fumbles this week. And is is Jared Goff kind of trending in the opposite direction of what Jordan Love is doing right now? Is Goff that quarterback that's going to take you deep into playoffs and, and win really tough football games, win primetime football games, win, um, win playoff football games when, when the whole country is watching? And uh, Jared Goff was putting up numbers this season. And then all of a sudden, he hit a couple of games stretch where it's like, come on, Goff. You, you, these are close games. Uh, they, they squeaked by last week, but you you can't turn the ball over this much in the NFL and expect to win a ton of games.
1: Yeah, I, I've been hard on Goff, and I've always called him the ultimate fair weather quarterback. And what I mean by that is he plays better in good weather than bad, but that's not what I mean. I mean, I mean, his road home splits are always very drastically different. Big games. You know, when I mean fair weather, I mean, when it's stormy out and you have to beat the Packers on prime time, is he your guy? I was starting to come around that, boy, he's playing the best of his career. And I still think that's true. This might just be a blip, but I hope deep down he's not a fair weather quarterback.
0: And he brought him back both weeks, you know, but but digging yeah. the holes in the turnovers, you, you can't do it. And his line Brutal. looks g- actually really good from a passing perspective. Is 29 and 44 passing, 332 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 103.6 rating. The QBR disagrees, 15.2 QBR. So that's kind of where you see those things uh, diverge a little bit. Um, yeah, but the, the fumbles in this one and the pressure, uh, that's another part of oh, weather, yeah. right, is is dealing with Sean pressure. Carey. and the Packers were able to get pressure. And I think that's one of the things that's helped Goff tremendously is that the Lions have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. But in this one, the, the Packers were able to get home. Gary with three sacks of his own. Actually, yeah, the only he, three sacks were, were all Rashawn Gary.
1: It was, was, and their pressure was constant. I didn't see that coming. I know it's a talented Packer D, but again, going back to me digging into them so heavily a couple of weeks ago, I stressed on the local radio here all the time. I'm like, since I think 2012, every first-round pick has been on defense except for Jordan Love. This defense should be awesome, and it's underachieved every step of the way, but they have some good players, and it was a very good performance, led by Gary, who's he's not Micah Parsons, who I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute, but he's not that far off of that tier. And then, and then the other side
0: of it is if you're the Lions, the way you're built with the offensive line, you want to run the ball, and it's you can't do that. You get out of your game mm-hmm. plan immediately when – uh, a team goes up multiple scores in the first quarter and then it's all on golf. And, you know, he, they kind of righted the ship in the second half, but it was just, you know, too little, too late there for the lions. So uh, yeah. the defense and the complimentary way that you play football there, um, you got to be able to run the ball. You got to be able to be bullies if you're the lions and you can't give up all those points early. So they got to get that fixed.
1: Yeah. So I, th- I think the playoffs are a very real possibility for green Bay.
0: Not much to take away from the commanders, Cowboys, Matt, um, it was a blowout two
1: little things.
0: Okay. 45, 10 blowout. Um, everything kind of worked for Dallas and, and not much really worked for Washington in this one.
1: Yeah. And I just think it's noteworthy. We should mention it this morning. They let go of Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator in Washington, as well as a handful of other assistants. We had mentioned going the week that could they bump the enemy up? I mean, they're just obvious changes on the horizon here. Maybe that includes how, who knows, People need to remember that this new owner in Washington, I'm not NBA, you know, I don't know anything about the NBA, but he also owns the Sixers and nobody tanked like the Sixers. So maybe that's the plan here going forward. Trust the process. Trust Trust the the process. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. And (laughs) the other note is Dallas is really good. And I think Dak has firmly thrown his hat in the ring for MVP conversation, too.
0: Yeah, he's playing at that level. Uh, Absolutely. Um, And just – they kept the foot on the gas as well in the fourth quarter of that game, which I kind of liked, and um, part of that is – Deron Bland. We were asked the question earlier this week about him being a Pro Bowler. People are talking about. He him. takes another he, one to the house. People are talking about his defensive player of the year. What he's doing right now is crazy. And it, how about the return too? It wasn't just like oh easy pick six walking into the end zone. He had to make a play as a ball carrier after the tremendous instincts he's showing in anticipation and and making those plays on the defensive side of the ball. So huge story, Daron Bland. Great story for
1: the Dallas Cowboys this year. I think he has as many touchdowns this year as my boy Kenny Pickett. Like, how sad is that? Uh C.D. Lamb's the only player on the Cowboys that
0: has more touchdowns than him.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it is a pretty big number, but <laughs> I've ignored this bland story as much as possible. I'm like, yeah, he was a nice m- mid-round pick. I got to dig into him heavier now and be more knowledgeable about this player because what he's doing is unbelievable.
0: I did see something from, uh I believe it was Brugler or Zerline, one of the draft analysts, talking about how most people had kind of an undrafted grade. He was just really under the radar, and the Cowboys mm-hmm. loved him and, and took him in the fifth round. And it, you know, he, he has athleticism. He has size. He sh- displayed ability in college. He was just kind of a, a player that fell through the cracks for some reason. It happens. Yeah, now,
1: Dallas has quietly drafted very well in the last five-ish years. They have.
0: I've been saying yeah. that. Like it's usually we have super meddling ownership. Weird stuff happens. But you know, back in the day, Al Davis was great at it, and then he kind of lost his mojo. Mm-hmm. The Jones family has been great at drafting. They they have. Very it, good. That's why they have the the team that they have right now. Hundred percent. They deserve some credit. Uh, real quick, it, Del Rio. It's interesting because obviously the, Washington's been one of the worst defenses in the league going on you know at yeah. least a month now, and and if not longer. Just everybody's feasting on their defense, but they trade away their two of their best players on the defensive <laughs> side of the ball. <laughs> right, right. But Del Rio, I don't think liked one of those players either. So it's like, well, you need talent though, Del Rio. I don't know. So yeah, it's just a bad situation there. And uh, and I wholesale change is
1: coming though. Yeah.
0: They, it, it, the writing's on the wall there. It's, it's a new yeah. regime, it's going to be a, a, a long term rebuild for the Washington Commanders. So, you're playing I mean, for your jobs right now.
1: Start your fantasy players against the Commanders as you have been, everybody. Yeah, start yes,
0: right <laughs> all right. Next, we got 49ers beating the Seahawks, taking a commanding lead in the NFC West, and more week 12 picks for the rest of Sunday and Monday's action as well. For week 12, next today's episode of Peacock and Williams City is brought to you by FanDuel America's number one sports book. As the weather gets a little colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins that initial money line bet. It's just a $5 bet. Turn it into 150 bucks more to play with on FanDuel. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. Wide range of betting options for that extra 150 Uh Bonus bets like spreads, player props, over-unders. I love the parlays. Build your own parlays at FanDuel. Uh, not just NFL football, either. Tons of sports to bet on. Anything you can imagine, you can find it and get in on the action. At FanDuel and tons of, uh, you know, season long bets, too, which are always a lot of fun. MVP races and, you know, Super Bowl division winners. Who's the next coach to be fired? All those odds you can find at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Again, that is FanDuel.com slash locked on right now for a chance at 150 in bonus bets. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So the San Francisco 49ers really uh, have dominated not only the Seattle Seahawks of recent, but the entire West. This is 10 straight against the West for the San Francisco 49ers right now. They beat the Seahawks three times last year, including clinched it against the Seahawks, clinched the division, then beat them again in the playoffs, and then they go to their house short week on a Thursday and are eating turkey on their field uh after a pretty thorough win. It got a little close after an oddball pick six from Brock Purdy to start the third quarter. But, you know, really the Seahawks were never in this game and only mustered a couple of field goals against that San Francisco 49ers defense. 31-13 the final. 49ers approved to eight and three. Now back at the two seed in the NFC, by the way, with the Lions loss, with the Philadelphia Eagles coming up next week for the Niners. Oh, wow. And more on the the Eagles momentarily. And those Seattle Seahawks now, as you mentioned, six and five. And they're going to have to fight their way uh, and make sure they earn one of those playoff spots. I think they will get it. They're just – when the Niners are right right now, they're the best team in the league and they're blowing people out.
1: Without a doubt. Uh, And you mentioned the pick six, and I didn't even – stop a beat i'm like ah that's nice they're still doomed you know it was like well
0: if there's one thing that that could get a team back in it's that He's like here's here's a free touchdown guys since you can't score one on your own uh and and now you're within you know a quick couple scores but it just it wasn't gonna happen
1: yeah and they're in trouble they've lost three of their last four two in a row at dallas at san fran versus the eagles or their next three yikes I don't have much more to add. I I think the Niners are the best team in the league. Even before this game, they were number one in my power ranks. With all respect to the Eagles, et cetera, I just don't see weaknesses on this team. I just see speed and that four-man pass rush now with Chase Young is lethal. The corners are playing well. There's so many weapons. McCaffrey's a superstar. Purdy's playing great. So they're really, really good.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, even with the weird stuff from Purdy uh, and and then he just throws a, you know, a dime in between four defenders to Brandon Ayuk yeah. for the dagger touchdown in the fourth quarter of that game after the pick six. And so yeah, they they're just flying high, playing great defense. Awesome matchup. Couple of seasons in a row now that the the 49ers and they don't do this. It's they they play a, a left cornerback, right cornerback situation and Charvarius mm-hmm. Ward's always lined up on the left side every week except for when they play the Seahawks and they let him travel and and play you know, uh, DK Metcalf, who's who has been a problem for the 49ers in the past. And, you know, a big athletic corner to go against the big, fast DK Metcalf and uh, and and Charvarius Ward on seven targets allowed one catch for 14 yards in that coverage traveling wow. with DK Metcalf. So uh, that, that was our, that was our player. of The game unlocked on, on 49ers was Charvarius Ward doesn't get talked a lot about on this team because there's so many stars, but he was awesome on Thursday.
1: So is that kind of turning into a Lattimore, Mike Evans situation in the division? Yeah. It
0: is. You know what I noticed, though, is DK Metcalf seemed a little more defeated and frustrated in this game because usually he's really up for these matchups. And I think he, part of it is, you know, he's a little bit uh, chip on his shoulders. The Niners draft Debo over him in the second round of that 2019 draft. Uh and uh you know as a lot of wide receivers tend to be they they start keeping track of all the wide receivers that were drafted before Mm -hmm. them in every draft wide receivers is built in that way and Metcalf does this with a lot of teams and ends up fighting with guys and and wants to bully you and block you and everything and usually it's a uh it's a fist fight against the 49ers he seemed kind of defeated in this one like he kind of knew what was going to happen not so much getting you know locked up but it was just like it's kind of dropping some balls and you know some bad throws and, and you know maybe um some plays he could have made if the ball was placed in a better spot. He, he, he his fight, it's usually like he is so honorary. and he wasn't quite that way in this one. So I just, hmm. I think, I think the 49ers had the, the Seahawks beat in a lot of ways. And, and I think that goes back to how often they, and how easily they've been, they've been beating them for, for multiple seasons now.
1: Yeah, it, it shows. I mean, they're a deflating team to play against. And as you know, Every team the week after they played the Niners last year lost. I mean, it yes. just takes a lot out of you. I mean, yeah. The only team last yeah. year
0: that didn't lose after they played the Niners was the Chiefs because the they had a bye week. Yeah.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so they're just, a, they just take a lot out of you.
0: Yeah, they do. Uh they're a good team. They're well-rounded. Purdy doesn't have to play perfect like he did last week and they can beat you on the ground. Uh this was a McCaffrey and Debo game, you know, last week it was a an IU game, the week before that it was a George Kittle game. They they're so hard to play against right mm-hmm. now. So, um and next week is going to be a lot of fun. Eagles 49ers. And uh if the 49ers want that one seed, they have to have this one. And uh they're going to be a playoff team either way and, you know, a couple game lead in the west it, it, i'd be shocked if they don't win that division. Oh now, yeah, uh, in, in the NFC West. That looks so, close to wrapped up. Next, let's talk about those, actually, let's get to it right now. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles at 9 and 1 and you know, kind of a a, a teaser for next week when we start previewing games. The Eagles are the opposite in the 49ers where the 49ers are the best front runners in the league and they when they win they blow people out. The Eagles have won the Eagles have been almost tied in every game. And in the second half, they're like, well, we're better than you. We're, we're not going to run away from you. We're just going to kind of walk away from you and beat you. And it's, it, it's becoming clear to me, Matt, that it's more of a feature than a bug for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I talked about this on local radio recently. Like it, it's not like the Eagles at the beginning of the season was like, oh man, it's a little weird. They're not really beating teams soundly, but they're still winning games. Are they, are they not figuring it out? It's almost like, no, you know, Bill Belichick kind of did this for twenty years. Like, no, mm-hmm. we're just gonna win slowly against you. And, and I think it's kind of just the way they are, rather than being oh, maybe they're not firing all all cylinders. I think this is a team that's just built to win those close games and and pull off fourth and ones and and so and the Bills are kind of the opposite as well. So this is an interesting matchup as uh, the six and five Buffalo Bills who really need to win every single game that they can here in the AFC, uh, going at the Philadelphia Eagles. On Sunday, Uh, the nine and one Eagles, the Eagles at home favored by three.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on your assessment of the Eagles. They're body punchers. You know, they just, every, every round's a little more difficult against the Eagles and good on both lines of scrimmage. And hey, if you're going to play single high, we're going to throw the ball to Brown and Smith. If you're going to play with a light box, we're just going to hand it off time and time again. And if we happen to get in third and one, fourth and one, we're going to convert. You know I mean? Like that, that wears on you too. And then that pass rush takes over. So I'm going to take the points. Last I saw this game was three. Yes. I don't know who wins it. And this is a real gut pick by me because I mentioned the bills to start the show. I almost had them buried a week or two ago, just mathematically with all their tiebreakers are terrible in the division. And, you know, they've lost all their games or losses in the AFC, but I think they're better than, than I I think they're ready to hit their stride and be a top five type of team. So I think they keep this close.
0: I love this game, and I'm, yeah. I I think it's going to potentially be a high-scoring type of a game. So the Eagles are going to have to score, I think, in, in this one, and they should be able to. But it's going to be fun to see if they do have to open it up and air it out a little bit more to see what that looks like with Jalen Hurts, because I do think that Buffalo and, and Josh Allen – um, you know, despite some of the you know the finger pointing that's been going on towards Josh Allen and some of his bad turnovers he's had this year, wow. he's actually played really well too, exceptionally well, like as yeah. well
1: as any quarterback in the league.
0: Yeah. Right. And <laughs> and uh, and and that Eagles secondary is you know it's it's good, but it's not great. And I think th- they might be able to have some success. And the over under is actually pretty high, forty eight and a half. Now that I look at it here for this football game, so you know the betters think uh, you know the odds makers think it's going to be a pretty high scoring one. As well, And that doesn't bode as well. The Eagles want an ugly 13 to 12 halftime score. And then, you know, and so it, it, we'll see which type of a game it turns out to be. And I think watching the first half will tell us what's going to be happening in the second half of this game. If it is more of a shootout, I do like Buffalo. Um, if it's close and ugly, uh, then I, I love the, the Philadelphia Eagles in this one. Um, I do think the Eagles are just better. I think three three points is perfect. I'm going to go Eagles at home just because they are at home and you know I haven't seen them lose enough to be able to think that they're gonna that they're gonna fall in this game and they're more complete than the Buffalo Bills are. But uh, it's going to be a fun game on Sunday for sure.
1: My last nugget is this is so far from analytical or logical. It's just a gut thing. I just feel like the Eagles are ready to lose a game. You know, are they really going to be 16 and one? Are they really going to be 12 (laughs) and one? You know, like it seems like a 14 and 13 you know what i
0: mean i know what you mean and on the flip side the bills too it's like okay well they played good last week so they play bad this week right isn't that what happens so mm-hmm. this is like a josh allen three interception game too so like
1: i i can't wait for this one you're right yeah
0: bills are bills are on the downslope of the roller coaster because they they've played good the last time and that's just the way that team has been so
1: yeah
0: it'll be a super interesting one in philly on a sunday all right we're gonna make some more picks including saints and falcons and uh, some more playoff implications there in week 12 next Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app and uh, get a little special offer for our listeners here with Game Time. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, and you should never have to worry about buying tickets to your next big event. And Game Time takes care of all of that. Last-minute killer deals, all-in prices, views from your seat. And the best price guarantee game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. So you feel good and just be excited about your event and not have to worry about the ticketing process, which uh, can be a pain sometimes. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for not just NFL football, all of the sport sporting events that you want to go to uh, near you. Music comedy theater events anything you see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what you're going to get when you arrive i love the all-in prices show your total upfront, so you know what you're getting and you know you're getting that great deal without the hidden fees which is the worst part of buying tickets for any big time event you know just a couple of taps on uh on game time you buy your tickets find the great deal and it's all right there on the app you don't have to fish through your email when you get to your event with your tickets So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Here we go. I don't think we're going to get to every team here uh, making picks in every game for this Week 12, but there's some really important ones. Uh, Let's go to the Southern divisions for some big-time matchups. And look out. Look out, Matt, for the Houston Texans at six and four at home, hosting the seven and three Jacksonville Jaguars. If the Texans win this football game, there will be a win-loss tie for the top of that division between the Jags and the Texans. Jacksonville on the road, favored by a point and a half.
1: This should be fun too. And telling, I mean, I don't know if I can even call Lawrence a good young quarterback anymore. You know, I mean, is he still young? I mean, or is he past that point, whatever. Yeah, but he I do feels like the, a, He feels yeah. veteran. He feels veterany now, I especially think for she's. this division. You know, with Richardson <laughs> and Levis and Shroud. You know, I mean, he's the old man. Um, can, but can he act like it? Can you go into a hostile environment? I expect this to be a tough place to play and beat an upstart team. You know, the, can you be big brother and really make him hit himself as you put your knees on his shoulders? And you know, that, I don't know that Jacksonville can. I, I'll take the home team here, especially plus the points.
0: I like me a, a home dog and I like me some, yeah. some points. I do think Jacksonville's better and, uh, and this should be like a little bit more of a, a pick them with an extra three points at home for the Texans. So um, I, I do like taking the points at home for Houston and yeah, you're right. The Jaguars are supposed to be the big brother in this division for a while. And all of a sudden the Texans show up and say, no, we're, we're going to go ahead and be here right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see if the Texans are ready for that, ready to compete in year one of this new regime with CJ Stroud. And by the way, who has better, numbers than than uh than Trevor ben Lawrence does Lawrence. this oh, yeah. year pretty pretty amazing what the what the Texans are doing the the Jaguars should win this game they're a better team but not by that much with the way the Texans are playing so super fun game and, and this is the biggest game so far this year to decide this division and the Texans are at home and if you gotta if you're gonna want to win the division you gotta be able to win a big home game like this if you're Houston so uh, sort of a, a big time barometer for where those Houston Texans are right now who've exceeded everybody's expectations
1: Yeah, and again, they're pretty much playing with house money. I mean, there's no expectations, but I'd love to see them at least battle this thing to the end in a very fair fight. You know.
0: And then let's go to the NFC South, where we got the five and five Saints that are on the road at the four and six Falcons. It's odd to be talking about uh, how important a game is for potentially winning the division for a four and six football team right now, but that's the that's the story for the Falcons, and this is another road team uh, favored by one and a half. New Orleans favored by one and a half on the road at Atlanta.
1: Again, I'll take the home dog here. I think these teams are pretty equal. They're both should be fresh, coming off buys. I think we're going to get Carr. I know we're going to get Ritter. I just have a hunch Bijan's going to be featured a lot more going forward after what we saw last week, and I think that's good for Atlanta. I don't know. That we mentioned the Grady Jarrett injury, but that's hurt Atlanta more than people think. I think the Saints are the more physical team, but I like the home dog here.
0: I like New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, I, I just don't like what's going on at quarterback with the Falcons and they don't like what's going on. If if your own team doesn't like it, then how can someone else like what's going on in your house? If if it's clear that you don't like what's happening at quarterback for you, um, I'm going to give up the one and a half actually with this one on the road with the saints. I just think they're top to bottom, a better football team than the Falcons. And I do think this could be a, a lower scoring game, which would help, you know, taking the points in a home dog scenario and, you know, in a potentially ugly game and, a. uh, uh, in a familiar division sort of a mashup, but I I just like the, I just think the saints are flat out better. So I'm going to take the new Orleans saints.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I had a tough one picking that one. I would not put my hard earned podcasting money on that.
0: That's why it's only one and a half points too. And it's Mm. not, it's not a lot of points. It's not so many points that it's going to sway me a a ton in the other direction. If we're talking about a four pointer, I'd be like, okay, ugly game, win it by a field goal. Uh, But yeah, one and a half. That's not enough. How about the Pittsburgh Steelers that are favored on the road by two points at the Cincinnati Bengals? The six and four Steelers. Uh, this could really be a death knell for the for the Bengals if they lose another division game, if they lose another conference game. And um they're in trouble without their quarterback. And I, I think yeah. the writing's already on the wall. And it, you you get the vibe that they just might be a, a completely deflated locker room at this point in Cincinnati. Yeah.
1: I think the grave is, dug. this is a lost season and the Steelers kind of kick them in, you know, with a division slash conference loss. That's all she wrote. We know Burrow's not coming back. The big thing I've been stressing all week with this isn't, hey, Matt Canada's gone. It's that the Steelers have run the ball really well and they've stopped the ball, the run really well. And I just think that's a terrible matchup for the Bengals without Burrow because they don't run the ball well and they don't stop the run at all.
0: I have two quick questions for you on this one. Uh, mm-hmm. One is fantasy related and uh, talking with some family. There's uh, uh, my brother's like, oh, do I start Jamar Chase? Cause the, he's about to bench Jamar Chase. Yeah. Cause of the quarterback situation. And I was like, well, I, not quite yet. Cause he's good. And it doesn't matter how bad the quarterback play is. If they're thrown from behind, he's going to get targets. And so he might still get you a whole bunch of points. Uh, what do you think about Jamar Chase from a fantasy perspective this week? Do you like him? Do you like him the rest of the year? Uh, the trade deadline's over in most fantasy leagues, so it's not a situation where you're probably trading him, even though he'd give you some some big-time value. Uh, it was tough. I didn't really have great advice for him. I was like, well, if you love the other guy you have at receiver, then play him. But if not, I think Jamar Chase
1: can still eat. I think he's a wide receiver, two now, which is unfortunate because it's nothing he did wrong, obviously. He should be wide receiver one all the time. Um, I think he's an every-week starter. I think the targets will be high. If you're T Higgins, I'm not rushing back, you know, with free agency looming either, you know? So I think Chase will get a lot of targets. A little side note on this is you mentioned your team is a left, right corner team. So are the Steelers, except now Porter's been a shadow guy. Joey Porter Jr. Shadowed Hopkins and he shadowed Amari Cooper. I think he's going to do the same against Chase, which is even more difficult, you know, obviously, but the numbers when he was on those two star receivers were, are tremendous. I mean, Porter might be a star, so just keep an eye on him.
0: Yeah, I love that development and the
1: the yeah. attitudes. He asked, for he asked for it, right? He did, and I think everyone gets – what I thought was better part of that story was Tomlin said yes. Players ask for stuff every day. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <You laughs> They're that? I mean? yeah.
0: right. like, uh, no. In fact, no. Bob, you're not starting. Go sit down.
1: No, and you defensive <laughs> tackle are not going to be our refrigerator parry at the goal line. Go away. Yeah. You know, people yeah. ask for stuff all the time, but he said yeah. yes.
0: It's like, coach, I can play tight end. I swear I can catch.
1: Uh, sit that, unless you're J.J. Watt, we're not doing that, right. <laughs> and
0: uh, what's the word on offensive coordinator? Because last we talked, uh, Matt Cannon was That's fired, weird. but it wasn't really
1: clear who's going to be calling plays. The running back coach is the offensive coordinator. The quarterback coach is the play caller. I can't offer any more insight than that, except that it makes no sense to me whatsoever. Okay. Splitting up, <laughs> splitting up duties. Okay. Uh, I guess The one I can... thing I can offer is, like, if you go look at DVOA in history – the Steelers to this point have played like the third hardest slate of defenses in the NFL. So it's going to get better whether Matt Canada is there or not. And now it's like a real easy road. Like I kind of feel bad for Canada because it's going to go, it's going to go better from this point on, no matter who the coordinator is. And everyone's yeah. just going to say, yeah, oh, it's Canada. You say blah, blah, blah,
0: yeah. <laughs> You let Kenny Pickett call his own plays in the huddle. And it probably would have turned out. It probably would still better. be better. You, you're yeah.
1: playing Cleveland twice and San Fran and Baltimore. I mean, all the tough ones are mostly out of the way.
0: Yeah, Matt Canada's like, man, if I could only get to week 12, I think we'll have a nice run at the end of the year. Like, ah, sorry, (laughs) man, another guy has a chance to do that. (laughs) Right. All right, that is week 12. That's enough for us here. (laughs) Um, I hope everyone has a great holiday weekend, and Matt and I will be back post-week 12 to break down everything we see and and maybe even take a little peep at Monday Night Football because we haven't talked about that one uh, Mm. as well between the Bears and the Vikings. So have a great holiday, Matt. Uh, I hope you have a great holiday as well. I think we're both going to go uh, into the fridge and and reheat some some goodies. And I hope you all uh, eat well. Have a great weekend. Thanks for making this your first listen. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Matt and I back Monday right here, Peacock and Williamson.